Welcome to the Millionaire Mom Faith, Family, and Finances Podcast. I am your host, Lanika Scott, wife, mother of six beautiful girls, blessed grandmother, from stay-at-home mom to the millionaire mom, and I did it all God's way. If you want to grow in any of these areas, faith, family, or finances, you're definitely in the right place. Are you ready? Let's get going with today's podcast. Hello and welcome back to today's episode. And we're still talking about supernatural debt cancellation. We are on part two. So if you did not hear part one, you continue to listen today, but I need you to go back and listen to part one. Again, we're on part two of supernatural debt cancellation. God has moved so powerful in my and my husband's life in this area. And I know that it is my kingdom assignment, one of those anyway, and duty to share the message of debt cancellation for the Bible is so clear where it says, Oh, no man, nothing but to love them. And in Deuteronomy, it shares in Deuteronomy 28, 13, it says, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above and not beneath. And so even as I do a recap before I dive into part two, which I am going to share some powerful testimonies, and these testimonies are going to increase and build your faith. I want again for us to look at debt in the de definition of debt, which is an obligation, a state of being under obligation to pay or repay someone or something in return of something received. So it is a place of owing. Okay. And also in the concordance under the Hebrew 2325 chub in the Hebrew word means to be guilty or make guilty or even in danger. So when I saw that connected to debt from the Hebrew definition, I was like, okay, wow. One thing that my husband would say is that debt is modern day slavery, all right? Slavery, a situation or practice in which people are entrapped, okay? So we've already learned in part one that debt enslaves you. It entraps you, right? Anything that it traps you, you're not liberated. You're not really free, right? It also affects your mind. It affects your soul, your mind, will, and also emotions. And so when you are in debt, you are a slave, okay? Meaning you are trapped and you're in bondage. But the good thing about it is, and the way that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father, even Jehovah Jireh, who is your provider, there is always a way of escape. So I want you to also keep in mind, even as you're listening to this episode and podcast, and which was so interesting to me, and I shared this in part one, of supernatural debt cancellation is the Latin word for mortgage means death grip. And that was something that I recently learned and I found out um, just very recent um, as I talk about debt cancellation, supernatural debt cancellation in my new release book, Supernatural Wealth 
transfer. It's time to receive your harvest. So there's a whole section in that book. If you want to grab that book, you can head to Amazon after you finish and just grab it. It's just, I think it's like $20 on Amazon. It'll get shipped out to you just in a couple of days. But let me just do a recap before I go into some of these testimonies that is going to build your faith. And I want you to really understand what God did for me and my family. He is the same God that can do it for you. And for your family. One, debt is slavery. Okay. Debt is slavery. We already said that. Debt is a part of the curse. Okay. Debt puts us in jeopardy. When we uh, get debt on someone else's behalf, for an example, if you go out and you do a car uh, and you get a car and you sign for that person, right? It also puts you into jeopardy. But God want to deliver you from debt. He want to deliver you from debt. So he went about talking about the women who was the widow's olive. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the look, the widow's olive, the widow women who God released a supernatural debt cancellation using some olive oil. We went and talked about that. Right. I'm not going to go over to all of it, but God brought deliverance and it was a supernatural debt cancellation to her and not only her, but her sons that were about to go off into slavery when her husband died and he had debt. OK, I wanted you to know that debt freedom it is possible. And one of the models that my husband lived off of, we don't want you to starve your way out of debt. You do definitely need to create some habits where you are disciplined, not that you're not able to do anything, move, right? But we want you to grow your way out of debt, right? So we talked about when, when are you going to get out of debt, right? We go ahead and put a date on that thing. How, how are you going to get out of debt? Then I provided my husband's and I unique debt freedom formula. And this is the one that we live by and go off of D is for discipline. E is educate. You got to educate yourself. B believe. Do you even believe that God is still in the miracle working, uh, releasing finances, letting the oppressed even go free? Do you even believe that there is a greater place for you and a greater place of liberation for you and even a greater place of freedom for you. And then we talked about a T, which means triumph, where you're to always set, um, you're to always celebrate your win. So I go, I went into that in part one. I talked about how you should prioritize your debt, also making sure that you're getting a snapshot of your finances, talked about creating a plan and also identifying where you're at. Are you above water? Are you sleep, sea level? Are you even drowning? We went over that. Um, we talked about your activity, how you need to assess your bank account statement, six months or even 12 months, looking at those things. I provided some debt freedom tips, but also too, even as believers, you are always to seek God in it for strategists. Don't you know that he is like the ultimate strategist? <laughs> Talked about creating some quick wins, um, debt freedom, even in relationships, how I don't really uh, believe that we should be borrowing money from family and friends because it does create all of this unnecessary tension when you're not able to pay it back. If you can't 
if you cannot buy that thing with cash, right? If you don't have, or if you don't have the cash in your account, where even if you can swipe that card and then turn around and pay for it, then you don't need it. We talked about consistency and that's just with anything in life. If you want to grow in your marriage, grow in your relationships, grow even with your relationship with God, right? Come on, somebody. You got to be consistent. Talked about consistency is everything. And in your journey to supernatural debt cancellation, because what happens is, and even in our story, God began to put the supernatural on our natural. So when we did consistent things in the natural, when we walked out and took disciplinary actions in the natural, then God was able to also come behind it supernaturally, right? And just rush it, right? And just even give us way more than what we uh, were able to do within and of ourselves. I talked about how your emotions, they're real, but you have to come to terms with them. For example, if you're in a relationship um, and something happened or divorce, maybe death, unfortunately. And if that's the case, I definitely send my peace and my condolences and I ask God to heal you, a disability, illness. Sometimes we go through heart blows in life. We're, we're up, we're good, doing good. And then an illness happened. Well, guess what that illness does? It messes with your finances, right? Even job loss and how you still will be able to navigate and do some things even in those um, situations. But also you still have to come to terms with and, and even really process thing, process this thing. Like, how is it making me feel, right? You got to process that. So, so even as you're going through getting your stuff in order, right? Getting your finances in order and knocking out those things. There'll also be some emotional things that you have to deal with. Uh, I encourage you to forgive yourself, right? Forgive yourself and release it. Yeah, we messed up. We didn't handle things right, but don't you stay there, okay? Uh, I, I encourage you to find an accountability partner. See, that's why you got to go back and listen to part one. It is so good if you did not hear it. In fact, when I recorded uh, part one episode of Supernatural Debt Cancellation, my husband was like, wow, because he normally puts my podcasts and so forth together. And then I'll send them over to Charisma, right? To um, so that they can distribute them out in the podcast space. But he was like, wow, this is long, Lanika. Like, you did this part too? And I said, well, no, it's long because it is a lot of information out there, right? And so I am not going to go anymore into um, the information that I share because I wanted to do a quick recap, but y'all see how it's so much, right, connected with this. So what I want to do right now, I want to move into the testimonies. And these testimonies, I believe they're going to increase your faith. We talked about how it is so important, even in your journey, in your finances, you got to include God in them, right? You cannot separate God because God want you free in this area. And the Bible is clear where it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Is the spirit of the Lord in your finances? Do you invite him into your meetings? Do you let him in? And so the reason why I said that, because years ago, I think Greg and I was on baby number four, right? So this, y'all, this was almost 20 years ago. And this was one of my first rememberable, recognizable debt cancellation uh, move, moves a guy. And the reason why I wanted to include this, because many times people will say, well, yeah, you know, you've made multiple millions, Lanika, right? It's easy for you, right? But I wanted to also share a story about debt cancellation when we were not. 
you know, um, in the millionaire status, when we were not kingdom millionaires, when God was still working through in our lives, teaching us some things, but he was there and he wanted to let us know that he was there. He was helping us. So we had gotten um, moved out of our first home. Our first home was very, very small. It had three bedrooms. And when we moved out, we allowed a single mom who really couldn't afford the house to move into the home, which that was a no-no. We should not have done it. We kind of moved more so with emotions, right? So now we're taking care of our first home and our second home. And she was paying rent. And again, she couldn't afford the rent. So now we were having to take care of our second home mortgage at the time we had lights, bills, groceries, and all of that. But it was just like barely enough. And so we're now trying to send both payments in and it became a burden on us. I was pregnant with my fourth child when this happened and quickly um, we realized, okay, this is spiraling out of control very fast. We need some help. And so we ended up having uh, to sell the property and do a short sale of the property. So that meant that she had to unfortunately move out because what we thought we were going to do is keep both of the properties, but we were not able to do it. And so when we did a short sale on the property, we found out that because we had took out a second mortgage on that property, then now the property value of the home was more than what it was worth. We were in trouble. We were upside down. And so the people who had wanted to acquire the property to do a short sale on the property, the banks that was going back and forth saying, well, this really can't happen because if you guys close on this property, Greg and Lanika, you guys have to settle that first debt which was, um, we got to know, we have to settle that debt first, which was our second mortgage on the home it was like $30,000 where we had consolidated like a car, some credit card payments, maybe even some student loans, right? Oh my God. When we found this out, we were like, okay, God, what are we going to do? We started to pray. And I remember getting in agreement with one of my girlfriends at the time who we were also like young moms and just really wanting to live for God. And we prayed and we prayed in agreement. And then next thing you know, we hear from the people who were gonna buy this house under the short sale agreement. And they're contacting us and they're saying, all right, we're moving forward with the purchase because at first it just was held up because we needed to handle this mortgage, the, 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 the second mortgage, which again was about $30,000. And so now they're like, okay, go ahead. We're going to go forth. This is the close. And we're going to go ahead and do this short sale on this property. My husband at the time was working. I remember him working. I remember being a young mom, even taking like another small child to the closing with me. And I met him. The reason why I remember him working because it was so vivid. He left work that day when we went into that office. And when he left work that day and went into the office, I met him there pregnant. And then also with one of my, one of our other children. And so we're sitting there at the table and they're signing documents and it just went so fast. And I was like, wow, this closing is going pretty fast. And they handed us this document. And when they handed us the document, we got, we read in a document, like, wait a minute, what in the world has happened? 
And so when we get in our cars and I remember calling him or he called me because when they handed us the papers, like they handed us both, they handed both of us copies. He had a copy. I had a copy. And, and here's the thing. We still didn't know that God had cleared a $30,000 debt because mind you, things are happening so fast. They're like, meet us here. Okay. It's good. Everything has been approved. We're going to close on the property. Right. And we're like, okay, well, praise God. We're going to go ahead so we can get this foreclosure at that time that's what it was off of our now credit because the single mom could not handle it and we couldn't handle it as well we couldn't handle two mortgages so we called once somebody called each other I don't know me calling my husband I called him I mean he called me or something like that but what happened when we both were like do you see what I think this is and in that document it pretty much was stating that the bank who had the second mortgage had cleared it and beside the numbers under the HUD form for those of you who are like in real estate or you invest in properties you know what that HUD is right that's just a form that where it shows you line item all of the money the reports and so forth for what's happening it said zero we found out that the mortgage company, or shall I say that that's that second debt, okay, whatever bank had that $30,000, they went ahead and cleared that thing. And so now we were able to move on. And that was our first supernatural debt cancellation. And the reason why I brought up my friend at the time, because I remember us praying and said, God, we need you to move. I don't know how you're going to move with this thing. God, we did what we thought was, was right with, you know, allowing the single mother and her children just to, you know, experience something new in a nice new neighborhood. She couldn't afford it, God, but now we're penalized. We're not able to pay this, but we need this debt removed. We need this burden removed because it had become a burden because we couldn't handle both households and God removed a $30,000 debt. And he did that thing. And when we realized that that document in that paper was saying just that, we began to give God the glory and say, God, we thank you. We honor you, God. You did that thing. So that was one of our first that we remember supernatural debt cancellation. And then the second one was when we bought our first home cash. And it was almost $600,000. And the reason why I say that this was a supernatural debt cancellation, you all, is because how fast things started to move. And I even remember when I was in that house, it was years after we had already been in that home. And it was like God reminded me, Lanique, I want you to go back and look at how fast I brought you and your family out. Yes, I know that you guys had been building, had been laying the foundation, you guys had been working, but I want you to look at how fast we brought you out. And so seven months prior to us moving into that home, we had about $65,000 in our savings. The reason why I remember that number so well is because during that time, God said, I need you to start dreaming again. And I began to go out and looking at different homes in the neighborhood. Um, no, in another neighborhood, these homes were about 400,000, 
$500,000 homes. Now, I want you to remember, now I shared with you all the first supernatural debt cancellation store, which that was like years ago. You're talking about 18 years ago. And from that time, and the years would progress, my husband and I had been through some things where we had increased in business. We had moved into this area, the area that we're now looking at, beautiful home, thought we was going to buy the home. Then we had to move out of the home. We ended up on food stamps. And now we are in a condo. And then God allowed us to move and change our locations to another home, but we were still renting. So I share all of that because I need somebody to know at the time we had $65,000 in the bank we were renting. We were renters. Okay. We did not own no real estate of our own at the time. In fact, the home that we had purchased, we had to even release that property. Okay. So now we weren't no, we were not owning homes. So $65,000 in the bank, God said, you need to start dreaming again. We started looking at homes. And I remember reaching out to a relative and I want you all, even as I share the supernatural debt cancellation part two episode of faith, family and finances podcast with Lanika Scott, the millionaire mom, I want to also insert this disclaimer, stop handling people like they're nobodies. Stop. You don't know who they are coming into your midst. You don't know what God is going to do through those people. You don't know what they are carrying. You just don't. So stop handling people like they're just nobodies. And the reason why I shared this, because I reached out to a realtor and I said, we have about $70,000 that we can make a deposit. Can you start looking for homes for me and my family. And at this time, it was around Christmas time because I just believe God. I said, something is about to break. Something is about to turn loose. Something is about to turn around. Something is about to, God is doing some stuff. He had told me to start dreaming. And then the realtor, we met him and we, and I would never, you know, say this person's name and when we met him, it was like he was not receiving us in our kingly and even queenly uh, queenship, kingship. It was like, well, I guess I can work with you all. And the way that it was handled, it was just handled so mm, I don't even have the right words to say. And that's why I said we got to be careful how we're handling people. Because we don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. And so me and my husband, we both had the same attitude. Like, oh, he ain't just handling us right. But it's okay. We're still going to keep dreaming. We're still going to keep believing God. And we're still going to keep seeking God and pressing forth. $65,000 in the bank. That Then December came. So that was November when we started looking. December came. And the reason why I was looking, because I remember seeing and remembering those Christmas decorations. December came. We were still looking. January came, and then um, 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 uh, February, and then the floodgates begin to open up. Now, I want you to be reminded that God shared with me this a couple of years after the testimony had already occurred, how fast he moved. And then March occurred, and then March. So now you're talking 
Four months after I met with that realtor, we had only $65,000 in the bank. We're now looking on a property that we then will close on two months later. And we was like, this is the one. And we brought that property more so for our children. And now April come around. And, now, and then we realized, wait a minute. We are approaching millionaire status, meaning a million in the bank almost. It was $65,000 in the bank in November. And now December, the increase is coming. January, the increase is coming. February, God is adding to the increase. March, we're looking at our bank account and it's like, like the numbers are just going up and up and up and up. And one of the things, because we had went through such financial distress, God, um, Greg, my husband and I was like, we are not uh, um, doing anything until we can pay cash for that home. March comes in and now we, we looked at this property it was on my husband's birthday. And I said, that is, we love this property. April come in. And we're now signing close. We're now, no, no, no. We're now signing, what is it? Due diligence. And we moved in May. And we walked into that attorney's office. There sat the realtor and we slid that check across. And it was 555, what was it? 550,000. So it was almost 600,000. Initially, the home was 600,000. And they took off. Um, some, right? We negotiated a little bit, but we slid that check, mind you, just a few months. And I think I said seven months, but I think that was more so like five or six months. But prior to that, $65,000 was in the bank only. The day we went to closing on that particular house, we had a million dollars in the bank, meaning it was in the bank. One slash zero, zero, zero slash zero, zero, zero. And there was a few more other than that, but I'm trying to create a story for you, a visual for you, so you can understand that when God is in a thing, and when God says it's time for supernatural debt cancellation, when we slid that check across to the realtors, and, and, and that was cash, right? We knew that God had did something. The realtors shook our hand. He said, you guys are good stewards. And the reason why I knew it was over a million in the bank, because the lady who and her husband, who had the house before we did, because this wasn't a totally new home, we had bought it from another couple who had to relocate out of state. It was like you could tell that the lady didn't want to move. And I found out her, her husband, because of his jobs, they kept moving all over the place. And she, her stuff was still in our home the day we went for closing. And I was like, wait a minute, God, do we just need to get another house? Because this lady is acting like she don't want to get out of my house. We got closing time. What's going on, God? And, and we got closing already scheduled. We got a time already allocated. What's going on? And I remember coming to my house and my computer that we were renting. We were renting that house at that time. We had a million dollars to make. We were renting. And I remember going on the computer and I remember looking in our account just to see what well, what's in that account. Because if I see something for 800,000 and if I want it, you know, cause of my gotten in my emotions, you know how it is when your home is so emotional. It's such an emotional purchase. And I remember saying, God, maybe we're thinking too low right now, right? Not knowing that he will have a $2.6 million testimony coming up 
the look, look down the road, up the road, right? Coming up before us a few years later, which that's the third one that I'm going to share. Just give me a couple of more minutes while I close this one out, right? That next one, that's the one I'm going to share. So I'm thinking, am I, we're moving too small. We're thinking too low. And I look in our bank account to see, wait a minute, can we get another house, right? Because this lady don't want us in this one. She want us to keep it, you know, all of that. But then God was like, just quiet yourself. Calm down, daughter. <laughs> I need you to calm down because even this testimony, you got to know too that you still fighting some stuff, right? There's some demonic spirits in the bloodline that don't want y'all to do this. This is the first house that you're able to pay cash for. You know, it's going to be some opposition there. So just calm down, little girl, because I was wanting to move that day. We had already had our truck, right? The U-Haul in front of our home where we were renting. And this lady still had her stuff in there and so 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 they got it all out right so we had to do what it's called I think it's called a dry closing right where it's done but all every all is recorded but all of the paperwork is not submitted until you finally get your keys right so so that's how that happened and then the next day we we moved in y'all but but you see that you see how it was 65,000 in the bank I contacted a realtor. I started dreaming. He was like, you know, like, y'all ain't got enough. Y'all credit. And see, at that time, too, our credit was shot, too, right? Because of the financial distress that we had gone through. We had gone through a season of financial distress where we even had to pay for groceries on the credit card before we got food stamps because we had all of these children that were taking care. So it was a lot of disruption in our financial life. And so I need you all to also know and understand that when I teach on the area, of wealth being your birthright, um, financial release, liberty in your finances. I need you to, and, and how you can be supernaturally. You can cancel some debt. I need you to know that I'm not coming from a place where a silver spoon was born in my husband's mouth. You know, they, they talk about being born with a silver spoon in your mouth. We didn't have that right. We both grew up in some very um, disturbing conditions, myself mainly, right? My husband came from a two-parent household, but there's make no mistakes about it. They were still not wealthy individuals, okay? So we, we both grew through some things. So we know what it's like to go through bankruptcy, foreclosure. And I'm sharing that because sometimes people tend to listen to those that have been liberated in this area and say, you know what? They ain't gone through nothing. Yes, we have. We've gone through a lot. We have gone through a lot. So 65000 in the bank. We start dreaming, um, start looking for other homes. December got, and that was November. December got at an increase. January, he's at an increase. February, now the floodgates are opening. I'm like, Greg, quit your job. He's like, no, I'm not quitting my job. And so we have a million in the bank where we're able to buy our buy our home I'm like all right March is doing good April I think you know now we're now we're at in our business like uh, six figures a month right March a February March April six figures a month and now it's just the floodgates and broke and now there's a million in the bank and we go get our home and then we pay for all of our furniture cash like forty thousand dollars in furniture fifty thousand dollars in furniture cash debt free. Right. So God is good. And then the next story I want to share is the one that I shared a little bit in part one. But just in case you're listening to this um, episode for the first time and you have not heard part one yet, then part two. Y'all, a few months ago, we went and we closed on a home, which this is the home that I'm now recording this podcast in. This is our legacy estate. Two point six 
million. And if you read the book, Supernatural Wealth Transfer, in the chapter on supernatural debt cancellation, you'll see it start off by saying, we just received the keys to our $2.5 million home. When I was writing the book, it was right at 2.5. But by the time we closed, baby, let me tell you, it was 2.6 because after we added some more landscaping and sod and all of that, some things that we wanted, <laughs> that's where we get that price from. And so I, I don't want for people to say, wait a minute, I thought she said 2.5 and she said 2.6. That's what happened. So when I was writing the book, it was right at 2.5 million, right? And then, but by the time we, release that last payment to our builders, it was right at 2.6 million. Seven bedrooms, nine kitchens. I mean, no, no, nine bathrooms, three kitchens, like one in the one in the main area, one upstairs in a guest suite, and then a kitchen area outside. That's what that means. A beautiful pool, heated floors. God is so good, right? He is so so good. When we initially started this plan, it was 1.5 million. All right. So it was 1.5 million that we said that we would go in with, and then they did not want to give us a loan because my husband and I had already inquired other properties debt-free. We had estate, real estate already paid for. We knew that we would get a loan. And then also since that time of the come up, we have been working on our credit. My husband, over 800 credit score, right? Mine's not that good, but a good credit score, right? Why aren't y'all giving us no money? Why aren't y'all giving us a loan? But God didn't want it to happen like that. God wanted this to also be a testimony. And basically what he started to say, I'm building your faith. And see, that's why you got to stop listening to everybody. What is God saying about your situation? We had been listening to people saying, well, you know, don't, you know, you got to do the bank money, get the bank money, let them pay for it. Right. But what is God saying? Right. And so when we was, we were trying to pursue the bank's money, right. The banks were saying, no, the banks were saying, well, you got to give me this. The banks was dragging us along. The banks were saying, okay, send over this copy. We had sent it 50 times. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. Y'all, but for those of you who have dealt with this kind of stuff, you get my point, right? They was toiling with us. They were playing with us. We were looking up saying, wait a minute, why isn't anything happening? I remember being in my prayer room. And this is one of the most hurtful times of my life because I just lost my mom. It was so much mentally that it was just stressed out, dealing with things with my partners, business partners, just folk acting crazy. I'm like, God, where are you in all of this? And now we're trying to build this estate on eight acres of land that we had purchased a couple of years prior to that. Like, God, what is going on? And I heard him say, loan discrimination. And I'm like, God, are you kidding me? Loan discrimination, what? And I'm sure I just shook my head. I had my pink robe on that day. I just shook my head like, you know what? You can't make this stuff up. And I remember just saying, you know what? We good. Like we have this beautiful home that we're already in. We're good. But God was like, 
I'm building another testimony. He began to remind us that this was a major testing of our faith. It was as if he was showing us that because we had been preaching and teaching and ministering and doing lies and calls and zooms about debt freedom, right? We'd even at one point in time caught ourselves the freedom fighters that it was now time to stretch our personal faith yet again to another level and believe for more. We cannot teach what we have not learned. We and we learned it and we lived it. See, you impart who you are. And if we were to start imparting even on a higher level, we had to also what? Live at a higher level of faith. So we had been sharing our testimony, you know, about all of the home cash purchases for the six years prior to, to that. And so he was like, now it's time for a new story. So more time had gone by. We had put off the building, the process, right? You know, and, and as I said, we had lost my mom. We were planning for my firstborn wedding. Like it was just a lot. One of our daughters, it was for her first year in college. So the range of emotions were trying to get the best of us tired and weary. But guess what happened next? The pandemic hit opening up doors for another miraculous release, another supernatural release. And the month after the pandemic hit, our business sales exploded, causing us to experience a record-breaking month. And when I say record-breaking, I mean a record-breaking month. It was supernatural. God said, now. He said, now move forward with your custom home bill call them and tell them that this is going to be cash. He instructed us to call the builders and let them know that we were not going to use the bank money. We're tired of going back and forth with the banks. Nope, don't even worry about connecting us with this lender or this bank, but we're going to pay this out of pocket and it is going to be all cash. And so we received a phone call from our vice president of the building company. And that this time, I know just you, I need you to also understand because it had been over a year with us trying to get the loan, us sending payments. Cause you know, when you go in for a custom bill, they want initially you to put down a 10%. I think we had put down $167,000 because you got to let these builders know that you're serious, right? We had already established a great relationship. We had already started picking out stuff and, you know, all of that getting our four pans all together based off of the 10% down, right? And so because we had established a relationship, you know, we knew their phone numbers and all of that. He was like, yes, let's move forward. They were so happy. Like they didn't even ask us what the banks was trying to get. They didn't ask us proof of income. They didn't ask us to send any bank statements to assure that we could handle that level of bill without no financial issues. The next day we were wired them, guess what y'all, almost $300,000 liquid cash to our builders to proceed with the construction of our home. We contacted our CPA at the time for guidance. We set up our own holding company after giving instructions. We were given instructions. And so we put a portion of our income into our own holding company. So in other words, essentially we became our our own bank, meaning the funds needed for each stage of the building process. Come on, somebody got that and somebody are shaped. Somebody, I see somebody, yep, you are shouting. You're like, if God did it for them, if God did it for the millionaire mom, if God did it for the Scots, I know that God can do it for my household. He sure can. 
The funds needed for each stage of the building process came out of our own holding company, out of our own pocket, which then went directly to the builders. And so we saw that statement account, right? Balance decreased while our, the bill was underway. Month by month, we could see our home being built and our balance statement decreasing even more. We honored our word by making the requested payments toward our new home when the builders requested the payments. Each step of the way, we trusted God. We depended on God the whole time. And whenever we would visit the home, we would see the latest progress. We would touch and agree in prayer, children and all speaking, you know, the word, writing the word on the house. My, one of my daughters wrote the whole Psalm 91, every, every verse, 16 verses on the property, right? My God, wrote right in the blood of Jesus on each Pose right. So in 2015, six years prior to building this forever home, we walked into their office almost a check of six hundred thousand. Right, that was a glorious day. That was our first time. And then, years later, God would say, "Now it's time. Go forth and do it with cash." And as we begin to add things like the outdoor living with the beautiful pool, fireplace, and fire pit, and you know, getting the land even uh, that much more built, uh, it we slid that we 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 my husband the computer. I keep saying I was thinking we slid that check, but I remember it was a final payment. My husband pulled out that laptop, y'all, and he he was like, "This is a final payment," and we released that final payment. And we got our keys. God wants to deliver you. God wants to deliver you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy twenty eight. 44 through 45 they will lend to you but you will not lend to them they will be the head but you will be the tail right so so that's a curse but God want you to be the lender and not the borrower that's what God want God want you to lend and not borrow even prior to this podcast because I'm sharing with you all this is a daily occurrence I just wrote out it was a woman of God that I met back in 2009. I, I met her. She prophesied that she was like, well, you will be a very wealthy woman. As I'm doing this podcast, there's a $2,000 check on my desk. The reason why I share that, I'm not giving you her name. You don't need to know all of that, right? She had um, just an obstacle that just occurred. Something, something just, a, she had a huge loss, Right. And God said, give to her. So, and I said, all right, where's the, the, the foundation checkbook? God want all of us to be in this position where we can give, where we can give. When I first started out, I gave you the scripture, Romans 13 and 8. Oh, no man, anything but to love them. For he that loveth one another hath fulfilled the law. That's the Bible. As you go through part one and part two, and I want you to listen to it a couple of times. A lot of times we don't retain things, right? Like we need to, you know, we're washing dishes, we're cooking, we're cleaning while we're listening to these podcasts. These, but these podcasts are some podcasts that I need you to go back. I need you to get out something to write with, something to write on, and you are going to take some notes. All right, you're going to take some notes and you're going to believe that God brought us out. He can do the same for you. Now, if you want to connect with me personally, I want to offer you an invitation to join my coaching. It is only a 27 
dollar a month. See, and the reason why I got, I really believe he have it so low, not that the information is cheap or invaluable, because let me tell you, you're going to get unlocked. You connect with me, there's going to be some breakthrough, some tangible breakthrough in your life. But I believe he want, he, he want his people free. He was like, Lord, you're called invite them into an environment where you can just share from the heart, share the principles, share some of the mysteries and some of the revelations that I've taught you. So inner healing, deliverance, right? When we're free and inwardly in some areas, it's going to show up in the bottom line, right? You, you need breakthrough in business. You need to know how to break some of these curses that's trying to hold you back, cover you, birthing your vision, join the coaching. LanikaScott.com slash inner circle. LanikaScott.com slash inner circle. Again, Lanika, www.LanikaScott.com forward slash inner circle, right? You want to become better, right? You want God to really reveal who you are and you really operate in your space in the kingdom, taking kingdom territory. That's my people. That's who I am called to. And so I want to connect with you and also connect with you in the group. I do hope and pray that you have enjoyed thoroughly part one of Supernatural Debt Cancellation. Share this podcast with someone else, Faith, Family, and Finances podcast with your girl, Lanika Scott, the millionaire mom. God bless and have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to the Faith, Family, and Finances podcast with Lanika Scott, the Millionaire Mom. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show at Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more, please visit me at www.lanikascott.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, God bless. Millionaire mom.